Hello there, Joanna. Hello, Nate. And hello to all of you. This is Stranger Than, a podcast discussing a variety of topics. Creepy, macabre. The mysterious. Outlandish. The unsolved. And this time, we are talking about the historical pirates. I love pirates. As long as they're not making me walk the plank. Right. And I mean, I think real life pirates are pretty gross, but... um. I love everything tropical, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I just want to go on a deserted island and be a, and drink some rum and have like treasure. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think the reality of hanging with pirates would probably be a lot yeah. less. It's a lot less nice. romantic than, <laughs> yeah. than one might think, but I could go for palm trees, rum, and treasure. Yeah. I guess I can just do that now. Yeah. I mean, not maybe actual treasure, but I can. Palm, just like palm trees and rum. Just go to the bank, pull out a hundred bucks, get it converted into quarters, <laughs> and then get a bottle of rum and palm trees are all over. Kind Actually, of. if you just get it converted into the the coin dollars, those are Ooh yeah. 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 I've got a couple in my purse right now. Totally. And I, I don't like spending them because they, they just look like They're cool. They look like treasure. Yeah. yeah. It's like gold coins. Like doubloons. Mm-hmm. Bouillon. Whatever. Booty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, pirates, it's a pretty old profession. Not like the dudes hacking software and like playing games for free and stuff. Not that kind of pirate. We're not talking about the guys who are uploading the newest episode of Doctor Who or Grey's Anatomy or whatever the fuck. Who uploads the newest episode of Doctor Who? I don't know. <laughs> pirates? <laughs> but not the type we're talking about today. That would be if you were a pirate. Well, there's plenty of people that upload new episodes of Doctor Who. Okay. That's, you know, how a lot of people watch Doctor Who. Same thing, I mean, all TV shows. Every TV show out there. If it's a TV show, it gets on the internet shortly after it's released, or sometimes even before it's released. By the pirates we're, the pirates we're talking about are the peg-legged, patch-wearing highwaymen of the open sea. Although, I'm sure not a lot of them actually had peg-legs. Although, probably lots of patches. Yes. We first see evidence of pirates in writings from the 1500s BCE. They were speaking of a sea people who pillaged the coastlines of ancient Greece and other Mediterranean civilizations. A people known as the Illyrians were a thorn in the side of Rome who had a pretty crap navy. They'd use their superior skills in the sea to do pretty much what they wanted until finally went the way of so many who came into the conflict with Rome. And they're not Rome around anymore. conquered them? Yep. Barbarian goth pirates pillaged along the shores of the Black Sea in the late 200s CE, and Frankish and Saxon pirates pillaged around today's UK. The Franks and Saxons were Germanic tribes, the Franks were in the southern Rhine area, and the Saxons in northern Germany and Denmark. In the story of St. Patrick, Irish pir pirates play a pretty big role. I'm pretty sure they're the ones that kidnap him and bring him to Ireland. Viking pirates terrorized the seas of Europe and North Africa, and possibly even North America, from around the 900s to the 1300s CE, there were Arab pirates, Chinese pirates, and of course, Caribbean pirates. Even today, we have pirates active in the Gulf of Aden off of Somalia, the Strait of Malacca in Singapore, and a few other Indian Ocean locations. Basically, as long as we have been able to travel by sea, there have been those who will attack and rob you. Yep. 
of whatever you are transporting by yep. ocean. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Just like everything else, as long as it's been around, there's been the, the people taking advantage. Yes, exactly. What's called the Golden Age of Piracy lasted from around 1620 to 1720. Sometimes piracy was legal. Privateers were privately owned vessels given permission by the government to raid ships of opposing governments. Any profits gained from these raids would in part be given to the government the privateer was working for. Privateers allowed for a sort of clandestine war since the governments didn't have to openly declare war or responsibility for the actions of the individuals. Sir Francis Drake is a great example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a... He, he was he, fucking with the Spanish constantly. Oh, yeah, and he, he got quite a bit of Spanish booty, and Elizabeth I, uh, Elizabeth I, totally was like, oh, okay, here's a knighthood and yeah. a promotion. Thanks for the Spanish gold. Didn't she end up killing him, too? I think eventually. so, but eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, it was, it was a good he run was, while he, it was yeah, happening. Yeah, he was rewarded for his piracy. Yes. Privateering. It wasn't piracy. Okay. Privateering, air quotes. <laughs> Privateering was outlawed by the Declaration of Paris in 1856 by Great Britain and many other of the major European powers. America, however, didn't care and kept up their privateer navy basically until naval warfare grew out of the privateering phase. Spain finally acknowledged the ban in 1908. Corsairs are the same as privateers, but are usually used to reference specifically French or Muslim privateers. Buccaneers refer to Spanish and West Indies privateers. Calling something legal in the case of privateering, piracy, freebooting is subjective. You may have credentials from England saying that you are perfectly within your rights to attack a Spanish vessel, kill the sailors, and take the riches. But if the Spanish catch you, they're going to hang your pirate ass. Credentials right. be damned. I'm sure they had a problem with it, you know. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe England didn't. But, yeah, and uh, in the same, the same other way. I mean, if England caught a Spanish privateer, he was a fucking pirate and he was hanged. Right. I mean, there's just... It's like, no, I've got a note. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't care about your note. <laughs> if I had to classify freebooters, freebooters and pirates are interchangeable terms, I'd classify them as those backed and not backed by a government. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. In the decades preceding the American Revolution, English colonists in America were pretty much getting taxed to shit by England. That sort of was why we revolted. Right. Goods were expensive to buy and cheap to sell to the incoming merchants from England. The colonies greatly benefited from pirates who'd hijack shipments and sell the goods to the colonists, colonists cheaper than the English. A couple things about pirates and pirate ships. The crew actually elected the captain, and they could fire him and elect a new one if they thought it was necessary. Each pirate received a near equal share of the plunder. I'm sure certain aptitudes or tasks would done would garner a bit more of share than the others. Obviously, the captain's going to make more than the guy who swabs the deck. I wonder if that's why they call it, like, pirated films, like when you rip off the films and then sell them cheaper. Oh, yeah. That's that. That's what I, I was trying to wait for a, a good segue into that, but... Yeah, well, there you go. That's what I was thinking <laughs> when you're talking about selling the goods at a cheaper price. Yep, yeah. Like, uh, those, like those... oh, like pirated movies. Yep. Kind of the same. I get. I guess that's where the name came from, maybe. Yeah, black market has always mm -hmm. been around, again, for as long as there's been <laughs> someone that can sell something for cheaper, there's been a black market. Yep. <laughs> well, let's talk about some pirates. I'm going to talk about Anne Bonny. She was born in Cork, Ireland, and her father 
moved her and her mother to the Carolinas when she was probably like early teens, 10 years old, preteen, something like that. I guess there was a little bit of a scandal. Apparently, her mother was like a maid or something under her father's service. Oh. Yeah. So to avoid any more, you know. Scandal. Scandal. He uh, got his family out of Ireland and moved to America. Where no one knew their name. That's right. Where you could just start all over again. He owned a large plantation in South Carolina. When she was a young teenager, she met a man named John Bonney. And as young teenagers often do, she kind of fell head over heels. John Bonney was a sailor, not a pirate, but a like a sailor. Sailor. Yeah. You know. Worked on a boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was kind of a piece of shit. Probably had his eye on getting her father's plantation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of like one of those guys who always had a story. He's kind of like this bum and, you know, just like yeah. leeches off other people. And for some reason... Kind of like, a ne'er-do-well. Yeah, for some reason, that's that's something that's someone that teenage girls like really like to go for. Especially if they're older. Mm-hmm. Older pieces of shit really, <laughs> really attract the young girls. Weird how that works out. So she went off and married him, and her father immediately disowned her. Yeah. Probably because he was pissed at her, um, you know, foolishness, and also probably just to protect his own assets, because, yeah. you know... <laughs> he didn't want a guy like John Bonney... Right, getting his hands on his property. Grubby hands. He probably mm -hmm. had grubby hands. But I'm sure he had grubby hands. I'd say most people back in this day probably had grubby hands. Yeah, hand hygiene was, you know, not high on the list of priorities there no they were scooping the shit out of their ass with their hands gross yeah absolutely <laughs> ew poop is gross poop is gross well with the idea of taking over her father's plantation thwarted the pair went to new providence bahamas oh yeah the rumor is that she before leaving she burned her father's plantation down Ooh. because she was pissed yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's kind of unfounded yeah there's all sorts of stories about before she became a pirate, like, while she was being raised by her dad. Her mother, like, died shortly after they got to the Americas. Probably got sick, because a lot of people coming from Europe would get really sick when they right. got Right, got sick with typhoid or some, yeah. you know, some freaking disease. Endemic diseases here that aren't there. There's also a rumor that there was a maid working in the house, and she was, uh, you know, rude to Anne, and oh. so Anne stabbed her with a knife. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> So she had a temper, so there's that, and then the possibility that she might have burned her father's plantation down. There was a uh, some sort of uh, altercation with a fencing instructor. I mean, it's cool that she was taking fencing, but apparently, you know, that also ended badly. Yeah, someone got stabbed. <laughs> someone got stabbed. Probably the fencing teacher. Likely. Well, they get to the Bahamas, which, of course, is rife with pirates. Oh, yeah. Captain Pirates Jack everywhere. Sparrow. And this is like 1716 or thereabouts. So we're we're right in the middle of, not the middle, but we're towards the end of the golden age of piracy. Right. But Which isn't to say piracy stopped right. after that. It just wasn't on the upswing. Right. She was in the thick of it. And this is when she finds out that, yeah, maybe her husband is not someone she wants to be married to anymore. <laughs> because it turns out... The guy was like, he would, uh, you know, kind of like cozy up to other sailors thought to be pirates and then 
rat him out for a price. Oh man. Yeah. What a bitch. Yeah. So Fuck. he was. Yeah, he was totally just like this stool Stitch, pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. Snitch. snitch. I mean. Yeah. Stitch. Mm-hmm. That's what he gets. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, you're kind of a piece of shit, low-life coward that you know, you're just trying to make money off of uh, snitching out people trying to make their living, whether they're pirates or not. I mean, come on. Like, just don't don't fuck with people like that. That's it's bullshit. Yeah, it's like, total bullshit. Yeah. At this point, she meets a pirate captain by the name of Jack Rackham. Also, Jack Rackham. Jack Rackham. What a good name. Also known as Calico Jack. Also a good name. Calico Jack Rackin. Mm-hmm. God damn. He was quite taken with her and wanted to marry Anne himself, and so he offered to pay John Bonnie a large sum of money to divorce her. Which you think a piece of shit like him would have taken the deal, but right. he wouldn't. He wanted he wanted it, yeah, he just didn't want anyone else to have his wife. I guess not. I mean, for a guy who wants to like sell people out for a quick buck, you would think that it would have been an an easy thing to do, but yeah, he wanted to win, and winning meant kept keeping. Yeah, the win, I, guess. I guess. I guess on this one, on this one point, he was a fucking stubborn ass about it. But they basically gave zero fucks and just went sailing off together, anyways. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't like have him killed. Right, honestly, like, oh, you're not going to take that squish. You're dead. Maybe there were a little too many witnesses. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he had all his uh his uh you know contacts that he'd like rat people out to. Maybe. Maybe. That's true. So they were just like, oh, I'm not going to get fuck. I'll, I'll go get hung for something else, but not for yeah, your dumb ass. going to get hanged for something else, not for shooting this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll, he'll find his own end. <laughs> yes. Eventually, someone like that always does. It was pretty unusual to have a woman pirate. It's pretty unusual to have a woman on a ship. Yes, because the other people on the ship considered it to be bad luck to oh, yeah. have a woman on board because, you know, just women are female- bad luck cursedness why would you want women on a thing that was going to be at sea for months and you were i mean i mean that doesn't make any sense at all i can see why they would but i wouldn't (laughs) i don't see why you would want to as a woman exactly (laughs) but she overcame the issue nobody really uh had too much to say about it Probably because of her general badassery and also uh, any guy who kind of voiced an opinion as to like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have a a woman on board and I don't like you being on this ship. She would stab them and throw them over the side of the ship. So it probably only took like once or twice of that happening before everyone just kept their fucking mouth shut. Yeah, like, okay, (laughs) well, maybe she deserves to be here. Right. I'm sure the fact that she's with the captain didn't hurt. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it's a... among pirates, it's a little bit different. I mean, the captain is True. afforded some uh, authority and elevated status, but it's a little bit different. And still, I mean, they did, they made him captain. Right. So, I mean, I guess there's really only so much he can do. <laughs> and she held her own, so. Maybe he didn't need, maybe he didn't really need to do much. <laughs> I, I don't think so, because it seemed like she did most of the doing. <laughs> yeah. There's two names for the uh, sloop vessel that they did their pirating in. One was the William, and it's also been known as the Revenge. I couldn't really tell which one was correct, because it was about 50-50 split (laughs) doing the research. Yeah. 
on either the William or the Revenge. They went up and down mostly the coast of Jamaica, just uh, attacking merchant ships and getting lots of loot. Anne would dress as a man when they were when she was doing the um, plundering and thieving and fighting. Makes sense. Yeah, that's the only time she would actually like conceal her gender. Throw when she on was pants just, and yeah, when she was just on board sailing around. Yeah, dressed like a woman. Or didn't try to hide the fact that she right, was a woman. Right. I, I mean, I can't imagine doing a lot of that work on a ship, you know, in like a corset dress. She probably wasn't Maybe overly a fancy, dress, but... probably not a corset, because you have yeah. to, you know, breathe. So. But possibly, who knows, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't, and history doesn't know it, other than the, the fact that she did make an effort to conceal her gender when she was, uh... Pirating. Pirating. <laughs> But otherwise, everyone knew on the ship knew that she was a woman. There's another woman pirate aboard this same ship. Such a progressive ship. Oh, my God. Jack, Calico Jack Rackham's ship. Only this woman, her name was Mary Reed. She actually dressed as a man all the time. Oh, yeah. Probably because she didn't have, like, a captain partner by her side. And I'm sure, that you know, the general rapiness of pirates... Pretty high. Yeah. The general the general rapiness of people at this time was yes. pretty it was pretty high. It wasn't oftentimes considered all that reprehensible. Right, no. It was actually kind of expected that that was part of military service was that when you got to Right, when you, you did the pillaging, rape. there was the raping. Like yes. that was that just kinda went hand in hand. Or something. The governor of Jamaica was named Woods Rogers. Woods Rogers. Two last names. Woods Rogers. I don't I don't trust him. Mm, dumb name. He, of course, had uh, heard all about Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie's pirating and, you know. What have you. What have you. And so they had a, a bounty out on him after not too long. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Calico Jack probably had a bounty out on him beforehand. Probably so. I would imagine so. He hires a guy named Jonathan Barnett, who is a pirate hunter. Oh, great. <laughs> I imagine, I mean, it's one of those things where, like you were saying, the whole situation was kind of fluid with uh, the profiteering, and then you could hire former pirates to hunt other pirates. Right, right. And... Well, like I said, these pirates, like, if I were to split it up, it would be between those backed by governments and those not backed by governments. And these particular pirates are not backed by government. They're right. not privateers. They are straight up private people hijacking shit. So when that goes on a little too much around where you are in power, then then you do get a government-backed pirate to eliminate the private right. pirate. <laughs> right. Sort of like, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well. So it's October 1720. And Mr. Barnett happens upon Jack Rackham's vessel, the William or the Revenge, whatever the fuck its name is. He takes them by surprise because most of the crew was drunk. It was early in the morning. And they had just pirated a Spanish merchant vessel and gotten a bunch of treasure. Right. So, so they were all happy, so they had, a, they, they had a big old celebration the night before, and most of the crew was still, like, dead drunk when he boarded the ship. Fighting ensued, and it was really 
Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, who were the ones that held their ground and fought the hardest. Nice. Well, most of the rest of the crew uh, hid under the ship. Because they were fucking wasted. Because they were wasted, and yeah. They were all captured, and all the men were hung. Mary Reed and Anne Bonny were found to be pregnant, though, even though they had been sentenced to hang along with the rest of the crew. Yeah, so they had to wait until they were... Yeah, because it's illegal to kill an, an unborn child. Even in this day. Even in that day. And and here's how it was said in in back in the day. Anne and Mary Reed were also captured, but upon capture confessed their quotation sex and pleaded their bellies. I see. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm a woman and I'm pregnant. Yep. Mary and Anne were jailed. Given excellent prenatal care. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not so much. Mary would actually die in jail. Along with her child. (laughs) From some sort of fever, unknown whether she gave birth or not. It's kind of unknown whether Anne actually gave birth or not. She got several stays of execution and then was released. But from that point on, there's actually no record of what happened to her. She just kind of, in an official capacity, disappears. Exits history. The most accepted explanation for what happened to her is that her father used his influence to get her released and either she had jack's baby or didn't but she eventually moved back to the carolinas where she assumed a new name yeah and either lived out her life quietly on the plantation or there's another story that she actually married this guy named joseph burley and had eight children and died in 1782 Uh, and she would, I think she was born in like 1700 or thereabouts. So as an old woman. So died as an old woman with eight children. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Pretty crazy. Now, before Jack Rackham was hung, he was actually given permission to go visit Anne. I imagine they were all being held in the same place, but sequestered. Right, yeah. And so before his, his day of reckoning, he got to go to her cell and uh, her last words to him were this. I'm sorry to see you here, but if you had fought like a man, you needn't hang like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Good for her. Yeah. Well, she wasn't she, well, she wasn't wrong. Nope. If those guys had even drunk, picked up a sword and uh, whatever and... Right. And probably they're being dicks like the night before. I can imagine them just like partying and drinking hard and just being fucking annoying as fuck. Yeah. And her and Mary are just like, Jesus Christ, these fucking guys. Yep. And then, of course, when they're all hungover and still shit faced, that's when they get attacked and then they don't even put a good effort for. So, yeah, it's like, dude, it's your own fault. They're fucking dumbass. Should have tried harder. Should have tried harder and you wouldn't be here. And that is the story of Anne Bonnie. Well, let's carry on with female pirates, and we'll talk about Mary Critchett. A common practice when America was just another part of the British Empire was to send convicts to the colonies to do work as penance. Mary Critchett was one of these people sent over the Atlantic near the end of 1728 to Virginia Colony. Wow. She was with five other convicts bound for the colony. One was named Edward Edwards, and the only thing of note about him is that his parents lack imagination in naming him. Edward Edwards. I hate it when people do that. There's a lot of that out there, and it's like, why? Why the fuck would you do that? Do you think that's funny? John Johnson. Yeah. No, it's bullshit. 
and his parents were assholes, and that's probably why he turned to a life of crime. I blame his parents. Mm-hmm, 100%. Anyway, I'm passionate about that. <laughs> oh, I am too. I fucking hate it. It's just like, why? Why do you do that? William Williams. Right? You're just fucking asking for, you're asking for trouble when you do that to your kid. It's true. On May 12th, 1729, these six convicts escaped from a Virginia jail, overpowered the two-person crew of a sloop called John and Elizabeth. Then they, you know, they locked him in the hold, had Mary sit on the, on the hold hatch, and then they sailed out into the Chesapeake Bay. A couple days later, they, despite Mary's protests, released the crew, and then they continued their sailing into Chesapeake. Mary wanted them to kill the crew because she thought that they would go tell, which, you know, they did. Yeah, I was going to say, let me guess, they told. Yes, and so uh, they were going to go commit piracy, but officials caught up to them and caught them all, and they were all hanged. They all tried and hanged, Mm, so they didn't even get to do anything. That's a bummer. It is. I mean, not for the people of the area, but for them, yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, it probably wasn't, like, really great. I mean, who knows what she was in jail for in the first place? Oh, yeah. And you're being sent on a, I mean, I'm sure that's just pretty deplorable conditions. Oh, I'm sure. Even in the best of cases, it's a shitty conditions going across the Atlantic in these days. Mm -hmm. Much less, like, on some sort of fucking fucked up chain gang. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think she should have gotten to have a little bit of fun, gotten a bit of treasure, at least, before... The uh, hard hand of justice. I feel came like down she was her. probably the most hardcore out of all of them because she was the one who was like, "We need to kill these guys," mm-hmm. and the five dudes were like, "Nah, we'll let them go." So maybe she was in because she was actually a bad bitch. Well, either that or maybe they did some really fucked up shit to her. I can't imagine maybe. that she maybe had a lot of rights. Probably the crewmen thought that they could just well, do no, whatever no, no. they wanted. No, no, they had already been in jail. In Virginia, oh, working, okay. I thought and this they was broke like... out of jail and stole a sloop. A sloop's a small ship. It's not right. going to make it all the way across the Atlantic. Okay. So they stole this, and it was only crewed by two people. So okay. that's what they stole. And then they were just right. floating around the bay. I guess I missed that part. I was thinking it was the people that she was, like, imprisoned Oh, no, no, no. I, on the way over. I had to read it a couple times because it also seemed that it was on their way over. It happened. But no, they had come over, and they were already established and tossed in jail and doing their work and what have you. They were working on the chain gang and then they, okay. That's when they broke out and stole just a random boat. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's funny that the men were kind of so queasy about killing two randoms and she was just like, no, you better Fucking kill them, they're going to tell, right? (laughs) Female lions are the ones that hunt. That's true. Rachel Wall was the last woman to be executed by hanging in Massachusetts. This happened on October 8th, 1789, and she was executed for piracy. She was born around 1760 to the Schmitz in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and was was one of those people who always felt like there was more to life than their lot. Starting at a young age, she was fascinated by the sea and wanted to be near or on it. A notable event happened when she was 16. Rachel was jumped by some girls local to the harbor she was visiting, and a man by the name of George Wall swooped in and rescued her from the attackers. The pair soon fell in love. Rachel's parents were not cool with this. You see, George was one of those boat guys, and that was a real reason for concern. Regardless of this, they married. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? It does. And ended up moving to Boston. In Boston, Rachel worked as a maid and George as a fisherman and sailor. 
They met many sailors and sailor wives and sailor groupies and were met with people of a like mind. A life on the sea. That's what they wanted. That's the life for me, you know? Mm -hmm. It was around 1781 when these folks decided that they would become pirates. And they had a good plan for pirating. Successful. They had a successful plan for pirating. Pirating's not a great plan. Basically, they'd roll around looking for places that storms had just hit, and they'd make the boat look like it had been disabled in the storm. Rachel would stand up on deck, and when a ship came by, they'd scream, hail for it. Hey, I need some help. Just help one us, woman. Help us, help us, we're stranded. No, just help mm-hmm. me. Just one woman on the boat. So, you know, another ship would go up, and they'd dock next to the boat to help them out, and surprise, they'd get jumped, and they'd get killed and their boat and their their booty taken and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that is actually a pretty ingenious Cunning. plan yeah. another trick they had was they would board ships as passengers and then wait till the nighttime overpower the crew and take the ship by the time their ship was wrecked due to navigator error in a storm in 1782 so one year of pirating they had robbed 12 ships killed 24 sailors and made over six grand in cash and goods right around $127,000 American today. Wow. George died in the wreck, as did several of the crew. He actually was the navigator that caused the wreck. The survivors with the ship wrecked didn't really have anything to pirate on, so they just sort of went back to life on land. Rachel survived and continued her job as a maid, but continued to dabble in crime. She recalls a time that she had snuck onto a docked ship and stole the coin purse of the captain right out from under his sleeping head. On March 18th, 1789, Rachel Wall was accused of stealing a bonnet, shoes, and buckles from Margaret Bender. Margaret Bender. <laughs> a 17-year-old who was just walking down the road minding her own business, and she got fucking jumped. Rachel was arrested on charges of highway robbery, but she denied having ever seen Margaret Bender before in her whole life. But for some reason, probably because she was being tortured, she did tell the court or you know whatever the authorities some stories about her piracy she was found guilty uh, not on the piracy but on the the highway robbery charge Mm -hmm. she was found guilty and she was hanged in front of thousands of people in boston commons boston commons is the oldest public park in the united states so she hung for jumping the girl (laughs) yeah which she says she didn't even do Uh, but i did all this other shit for these boats and stuff and they're like like, "Eh." no look i am an actual like good criminal i wouldn't waste my time getting the buckles off of this bitch's shoes right (laughs) so that didn't really help but yeah but it is pretty interesting that the last woman to be hanged was in the 1700s in Massachusetts, I mean, seems like they would have hanged more women for. I know, I mean, right? Just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, women still be out there committing crimes. I wonder if maybe sure. they stopped hanging people in general at like shortly after that or something. So lots of you know, uh, firing, uh, firing squad. Maybe that was how it was done, or, or I don't know. Maybe they got the way went the way of the guillotine. I'm not sure if that was ever ever a way of execution in America or not. I'm not aware that it was, but. Yeah, it would have been invented right around that time or, you know, at least put to some good use right around that time. (laughs) Maybe not good use, but frequent use. Right. Yeah. Maybe they did do firing squads and then electric chair once they got electricity. electricity. What else you got for us, Joanna? The legend of the Kraken. 
Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. Kraken is a mythical giant squid monster that, according to pirate lore, like it could just basically come up from the depths of the sea, wrap its tentacles around your ship, and take the whole thing down all the way to the bottom. And I believe that started in uh, Greek mythology. Is that right? Uh, I think it's found in Greek and Norse. Ooh, yeah, that would make sense. Mythology. And then, of course, when there's a whole lot of uh, sailing and pirating going on, that was that was a big thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sea monsters were something people talked about pretty pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. They're on all the old maps. Here, like, you know, this way be monsters or whatever the fuck. And for a long time, it's generally thought that that was just another, like, tall tale of the ocean. Yeah. The Fish giant story. squid monster. Obviously, there are giant squid that exist, and yes. that perhaps they did see something like that, and then it was just built up from there. It's possible that because there was not motorized shipping going on, the seas were quieter, and these squid were closer to the surface. Probably less polluted, too. Significantly. Uh... Yeah, probably out in the middle of the ocean, less polluted, closer into land, possibly more polluted because people were just pumping literally their shit into the water. Right. Nothing was processed. Yeah. But there were still less people. Yeah, that's and less true. Shit, so. Yeah, that's true. At least comparable. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that the legend of the Kraken might not be so. Uh, Can't think of words. Today. Yeah. Turns out the legend of the Kraken might not actually be so far fetched. There is a paleontologist. His name is Mark McMiniman. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was in elementary school. I still think it would be cool to be a paleontologist. It'd be pretty cool. I'd rather be an archaeologist because I, I look don't know. better in fedoras. Want to, you want right. to handle a bullwhip? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I can dig that. Right. Get some, like, of get some awesome relics and be like, hey, that belongs in a museum. Yeah, yeah. Fight Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yep. This guy thinks that he has actually found actual signs of a giant squid-like creature. He was looking for the bones of, a, of like, a sea dinosaur. Okay, yeah. Uh, Plesiosaur or something like that. Ichthyosaur. Oh, okay. While investigating, he found bones that were like 46 feet or thereabouts. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Several of them. And that they were organized in the same way as an octopus. Wild. Even though they're not really known to have bones, which is odd. Which means that it's weird, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously not a literal octopus or squid. The way that they were arranged, I guess, makes this guy think that this creature was meant to live under very high pressure. Oh, so very deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be, I mean, maybe they do have some sort of bony structure. Or, and I, yeah. I mean, if the bones are arranged like an octopus, then, I mean, the octopus I must guess, have something. I guess that's true. Maybe it's kind of like our middle ear where they have like kind of like some movable bones. I'm not 100% on that. I'm going to assume this guy knows more about what he's talking about than I do. (laughs) Another uh, piece of evidence was... Octopuses do not have bones. They are invertebrates. 
the only hard part in their body is the beak. He found a fossilized gigantic like octopus beak. But along with it, he found all these bones that were arranged like an octopus, I guess, right. but would not have actually been an octopus. What he's probably since indeed they were in they are invertebrates. What but. he was probably saying was that it was arranged in the shape of an octopus, not of an octopus's bones. Right. So it just looked and it was like, wow, that those things are in the shape that an octopus would be if it was just like an octopus laying there. Like, it's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And then this big ass beak and yeah. the uh, whatever evidence he found that showed it was a uh, adapted to living in a high pressure environment it's crazy yeah just huge and just huge a and giant good thing it's dead <laughs> <laughs> i watched some documentary where they're talking about these fossils that they're finding in a like a strip mine in south america or something and they're finding alligators that are or crocodiles rather that are so large that like they're they're the size of like a bus or two like city buses and they found a snake so big that it probably could not have survived outside of the water for very long because its body weight would crush it right and it would eat these fucking crocodiles oh like, my god no problem yeah I'm, like super glad they're dead yeah i mean not that i would go swimming any place where those would be prolific anyway but still it's kind of like a whale like they're so heavy like yeah they, if they get beached then usually yeah, they, they suffocate rather than dry out or mm-hmm. that's maybe or they not. crush yeah yeah they get crushed because of their extreme weight not being in water where they are buoyant yes much less weightless much more weightless yes that's what i meant to say <laughs> <laughs> not much more has been said about this discovery other than the fact that it could very well be possible that at some point there was some sort of giant sea monster with um, giant long bones and a big octopus beak and I don't that doesn't surprise me yeah in I mean the slightest. I'm not, I'm not gonna discount that because I think there's a lot of weird shit there out there in the ocean that has lived and currently lives yeah and... I mean shit look at the weird shit all the dinosaurs that we found I live that right. is some weird ass shit. I am not surprised that there is something that was a literal kraken mm-hmm. in the prehistoric past. And that people saying that they saw, I mean, may, I mean, I'm sure everybody didn't see it, but I'm sure probably it made itself seen enough times to where, yeah. It's possible. I mean, I mean, tall tales at, usually come out of something. Look at the coelacanth. That fish they thought was extinct until they found one in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. It's been around for 30 or 40 million years. Right. So it's within the realms of possibility that some sort of creature like that could live in the depths of the ocean. Maybe not anymore. Maybe not a very big population. You know, maybe they're just sort right. of a holdover or something. But for, you know, long enough that people started telling stories about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't. I don't have any doubts at all that somebody saw something Kraken-like at some point yeah. because there was an actual, like, beast there in the water. Yeah. Yeah. On March 23rd, 1865, a real jackass was born in Portland, Maine. Roaring Dan Seavey began working as a sailor at 13 aboard local boats. He joined the U.S. Navy for about three years after turning 18, and then as a deputy marsh for the Department of Indian Affairs. Here, he mainly tracked bootleggers and smugglers on Native American reservations. He was a big man, even for now, standing at about six foot five and weighing around 250 pounds. He was a big dude. Oh, yeah. In the 1880s, he was trapping in Wisconsin 
Here he met a 14-year-old girl whom he married. He and his wife, Mary, by the late 1890s had a couple of daughters and a small farm in Milwaukee. He also owned parts of a few waterfront saloons. He eventually met Frederick Pabst, yes, that Pabst, like Pabst Blue Ribbon, who told him about a mining company in Alaska that he should invest in. It appears that C.V. took him seriously because he sold off all of his assets in Milwaukee and left his family to go to Alaska. This was during the Klondike Gold Rush, but instead of making it big, he sunk all his cash into a mining company that went bankrupt. He did return to Wisconsin, but not to his wife and children. Mary ended up moving back to northern Wisconsin, where she was from, and married another man and began going by Mary Silver. In 1900, C.V. was 35 and newly married to Zilda Bisner, 22. He likes him young. In 1904, Zilda filed for divorce on the grounds that he beat her and threatened her life. Of course, he was not going to go to court, so he just left. A few years later, he met and married a woman who he was allegedly married to for a long time, but we really don't hear much about her. When in Michigan, C.V. ran a number of businesses, some legitimate, many not. On the legitimate side, he'd do a lot of marine hauling because he had a boat, trapping and logging. Also, you know, because he had a boat, he could pull the logs around uh, in, in Lake Michigan. On the not-so-legitimate side, he was involved with the human sex trafficking, as well as the smuggling of goods. So he's oh, a great guy. wow. Yeah, awesome. There was also a bit of pimping that he did in there. Oh, God. I fucking hate pimps. It's like you go out and fuck people for a living. Right. You suck, like, 18 dicks in a day and see how much you fucking like it. And then give up all the money. Right. To some piece of shit. There's a story about C.V. from before his days as the Pirate of Lake Michigan, where he was working for the government in the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Apparently, he'd tracked down a bootlegger who thought he could beat any lawman in a fist fight. The story goes that after beating this man to a bloody pulp, C.V. then tipped a piano onto his battered form. He died the next day despite medical intervention. Well, pianos are heavy. Yeah. And so just, like, to pick up one side and tip it down onto someone's bloodied and beaten form you know i'm not real thrilled with that method of uh killing someone by piano if you're gonna do it you should at least use an oboe for love of god well get a little inventive (laughs) you need like a pulley system you need to like actually drop a piano like uh you know like cartoon style yeah i don't think old roaring dan was really (laughs) into too much but killing some guy really kill somebody with a piano it's like I don't know. It's one of those things where you need to kind of go big with it. I guess. While in Frankfurt, Michigan, C.V. set up an illegal fish trap offshore at the mouth of the harbor. This was a popular poacher trick, and to keep other poachers from poaching him, he set up a line that led to his shack attached to a bell. When the bell would ring, he'd simply step outside with his rifle and take a shot. By all accounts, he was a very good shot. He would also use his boats as floating brothels. During this time, authorities were trying to close up brothels. Nothing but trouble. Pimps are bad. (laughs) But they only had authority to the water's edge. So, on weekends and some holidays, he'd load up his ships with booze and women, and then travel from port to port picking up customers. Wow. Yeah. Floating brothel. That's right. On June 11th, 1908, Roaring Dan Seavey and a couple of dudes made contact with the owner and the crew of the schooner, Nellie Johnson, in a saloon. 
CV ended up coaxing these guys into getting absolutely shit-faced, and then they stole the boat. The Nellie Johnson had a cargo of cedar posts that the group was going to sell in Chicago. So, off they go to Chicago. At this time, Chicago had quite the black market, and for some reason, they could not sell these poles. So, they left Chicago in the stolen schooner, still loaded with the cedar posts, and headed east across the lake. By this time, the owner had figured out what happened, come to, where's my boat? Fuck. And <laughs> Dude, where's the, my boat? <laughs> right? <laughs> alerted the authorities, and it took some time, but on June 20th, the 178-foot gunship Tuscarora steamed out of Chicago with an arrest warrant for Dan Seavey. They went to every port, but couldn't find him. They actually had to call lighthouses and life-saving stations to send their crews out to search because they, they couldn't find this guy. Finally, he was spotted by the lifesavers in Frankfurt. The Nellie Johnson had been stashed up a nearby river. The next day, the gunship arrived in time to spot CV's personal ship, the Wanderer, heading at full sail across the lake. The gunship Tuscarora was said to have been the fastest ship on the lakes, and when it gave chase at full steam, it reportedly burned the paint off her smokestack and boilers. Despite signaling to Seavey to drop sail, he did not, which caused the gunship to shoot at Seavey. The shot went across the Wanderer's waterline, which is where the hull meets the water. That effectively stopped the ship because it now had a large hole in the front of it. Right, I'm guessing that, yeah, that would probably do it. An armed team went aboard the Wanderer and secured Seavey, putting him in handcuffs for the ride back to Chicago. Even though he was arrested for piracy, He was arraigned on June 30th for mutiny and sedition on the high seas. Sedition is inciting people to rebel. He was found not guilty and set free. It's unclear why this happened. Some say it was because CB was friends with some powerful people in Chicago. And some people say that the owner of Nellie Johnson owed money to CB. And so that kind of made it okay somehow. Some even say that he was still working for the Department of Indian Affairs and this was some kind of operation related to that. Hmm. Whatever the case, when asked publicly about this event, he maintained his innocence and referred to those that tried to put him in jail as liars. Dan Seavey died in a nursing home in Peshtigo, Wisconsin in 1949. An interesting document did surface. In 1923, Seavey bought some land with another person. They were going to build some kind of club there, but never did for some reason. I bet you it was a sex club. Probably. (laughs) The document said that Mary Silver waived all dower rights to the property being purchased. The name of the person purchasing the land was John Silver, an alias of Dan Seavey. Dower rights are rights that the spouse of a person has to that person's stuff. This document proves that the two had actually never been divorced, and it's very possible that they had gotten back together at some point. Hmm. Does that have to do with her, like her dowry? Yeah, that's that's okay. what it is. A dower, your dower rights were if you were married to somebody, and you received you, a dowry, and for they marriage. owned a house, mm-hmm. then you have dower rights to that house. Okay, and so if you divorce or if they die, you own that house now, even though you didn't ever put any money down for it at all. That's your dower rights. Okay, and I think that's where you know dowry and like dowager and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit comes from. Is that the white. And in that, you know, classical, in the classical sense, it's definitely the wife, but in more, you know, nowadays right. it could be either, really. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about a little place called Topsail Island. It is in North Carolina or Topsail Island, North Carolina. Off the waters of right. North Carolina. Off the I'd, coast. 
I didn't realize there was so much piratey stuff that happened in the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally. knew about like the Bahamas and all that kind of stuff, like Nassau. Yeah, yeah. New Providence, Jamaica. But I was like, wow, they really did a lot of stuff in the States. Oh, back in the yeah. Day. The Eastern Seaboard was a huge place mm-hmm. for pirates and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was learning all of this that in- has inspired me to, at some point, I'm going to do the pirate road trip with the kids and, you know, visit all the pirate sites. Where, oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that yeah, one. Yeah, that'll be totally awesome. Be so not a lot fun. of those on this side. No, definitely not. There was not a lot of piracy going on in the Pacific Northwest. Nope. But I am excited for that. I am excited to. Yeah, that'll uh, be awesome. That'll be really awesome. Bathe myself in that history at some point. Topsail Island was a place that was frequented by pirates. And it was a major point of attack for merchant ships passing through. So they would just like hop off the island and attack some some merchant ships, get their shit and then skedaddle back. Well, apparently they would actually be in the boat at a part of the island, kind of like hidden away where you can be seen. And uh, the the ships would be like sailing by. As soon as the ship would pass on the horizon, they would chase it down. Like it passed a certain point and they would just like come out of hiding and full sail ahead. However, they however they made their ships. Engage. (laughs) Whatever. Engage. Yes. And intercept them. Take all their loot. Booty. I believe they liked to call it. Loot, booty, looty, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Boot? Wait, no. One of the more famous pirates to use this tactic, and I guess one of the best ones at doing it, was none other than Edward Teach, also known as Blackbeard. Well, holy shit. I am liking Blackbeard. I want to do a whole episode on Blackbeard at some point, because... I just like the guy's style. Got it. Got. There's a lot to say about him. Oh yeah. Well, he was a terrifying person. I mean, well over six feet tall, which is a pretty big guy for back in the day. It's yeah. He had his giant black beard. He would often put like. So it's like Alex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whenever I think of Blackbeard, I think of Alex. There you go. Like one hundred percent. Past episodes. Yes, and we need to get him on a, a new episode because yeah, uh, it's it's lots of fun. Yeah. I, I love recording with Alex. It's oh. always a good time. So in his his giant black beard, he would have like a. We should get him on the Blackbeard episode. There we go. He would. Uh, wind in fuses and like light them oh, right. on fire. I mean, nothing would actually blow up, but the effect was pretty freakish. Yeah, you know, he's like like his whole face is ablaze. He also uh, was very heavily armed. Like he he's the kind of guy who would have like uh, five fucking pistols like in. So belts. you could just because at this yeah. time you're you reloading your wasn't lock quick. Yeah, pistols inaccurate and. Horribly slow to reload. You got to like actually put like powder shot from oh, like yeah, corn into. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's a, a whole, whole process. Yeah. So you may as well just have like five, six, seven loaded up in all your pockets and in belts across your chest, so that you can just do one after the other after the other. And also because you're on a boat, it's possible that some of them are going to misfire because they they're wet. Right, and they'll just misfire anyway because they because are crap. We're just not accurate yeah. at all. Blackbeard. Is eventually hunted down, captured, and killed. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I However. Live by the sword, you know. <laughs> However, some people say that 
the ghost of his ship remains at Topsail Island. Wow. It's reported that if you are sailing around Topsail Island and you pass this inlet called Rich's Inlet and you have, you know, modern day uh, radar technology, uh-huh. that a uh, blip will appear on the radar. Right where he would hang out. And- right where he wow. would hang out. Holy shit. And, yeah, I mean, you can't see anything. You're like, what's this blip? You're looking around. Nothing. But it blips. It's said that it slowly will move towards the location of your boat, gaining rapidly in speed, such as the technique right. that Blackbeard did. Crazy. Only, you know, just at the point where you're like totally freaking out. You know, there's nothing there, and then nothing. nothing happens, nothing's but... there. Nothing happens. You know, no, nobody's come to a, a bad ending because of he took the my mysterious... wallet. <laughs> he took my wallet. I didn't read anything about anything terrible happening to to anybody, other than this seems to have happened uh, at least more than once to Crazy. Uh, several people, where there's a mysterious blip. And it comes out of the inlet and then slowly gains speed and comes faster and faster towards the ship. And then, but there's actually nothing there. And so they believe that it is the ghost of Blackbeard's ship. That's haunting people to this day. I mean, at, at the very least, it would it would scare the crap out of me if yeah. the radar is picking up like, something and there's nothing the there. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be you cool. know might not be able to uh, physically get any booty from you but uh you know it takes the booty from your heart (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) well i think we're going to close the episode off with the story of the barbary pirates all right the barbary states were a group of north african countries that worked together in piracy morocco algiers tunis and tripoli were the four countries involved Of the four, Morocco was the only independent kingdom. The latter three all had allegiances to the Ottoman Empire. Basically, when they came across a ship, they'd attack it. Anyone captured alive would be ransomed off to their government if their government would slash could pay. Previous to independence, American merchants could sail unmolested by the Barbary pirates because the British Empire, as well as France, paid an annual tribute to keep the pirates at bay. Additionally, no one really wanted to fuck with the British Navy because... Well, they were the British Navy. Right. They were the biggest Navy in the world for yeah, a really long time. Kind of the superpower. Exactly. Best military technology on the water for, man. Yeah, had the best ships, yep. biggest ships. Yep, they were, they were good. After America became the United States, they no longer enjoyed the protection and would routinely get attacked by these pirates. You know, basically the British government had diplomats there and they're like, hey, just so you know. These guys, not with us anymore. Do what you will. They were, they were very quick to tell <laughs> the Barbary states about this. In 1785, Algiers declared war on the United States and took several ships and sailors. The previous year, Morocco had taken a merchant ship. In both cases, the United States was unable to put together a navy or enough cash to satisfy the ransom. Morocco ended up not being a big deal, and a treaty was signed in 1786. The two countries were able to trade peacefully, and That was not a problem. They got the merchants back. It was all good. Despite this, Congress was still unable to get any money to pay off Algiers. Thomas Jefferson, who at this time was the U.S. minister to France, got involved. He tried to get a bunch of weaker naval powers to join together and challenge Algiers, but got nowhere. Fortunately, Portugal and Algiers were also at war. 
and this kept Algiers from sailing through the Strait of Gibraltar between Spain and Morocco. Portugal is on the southwest coast of Spain. It's actually most of the southwest coast of Spain. And they were also a naval power at the time. With the Strait of Gibraltar sealed to Algiers, America was able to do business largely unmolested in the Atlantic. The game changed in 1789 when the Constitution of the United States was adopted. This gave the government power to impose taxes and to raise and maintain a military. In 1793, there was a truce between Algiers and Portugal. The United States took this opportunity to send some guys to the Barbary states and try to get some treaties signed. In 1794, the United States began construction of six naval vessels. Diplomats were sent in 1795, and they successfully negotiated treaties that freed 83 American sailors in exchange for annual tribute. Everything was going fine until 1801, when America was, quote-unquote, late in paying tribute to Tripoli, who demanded extra tribute and declared war on the United States. It's a bit of an overreaction, seems yeah. to me. This turned out not to be such a good idea, and when the U.S. Marine Corps trounced Tripoli, a new treaty was negotiated. In 1805, the treaty was signed. It included a ransom for troops captured by Tripoli, but no future tribute payments. They were like, you caught us. We'll give you some cash for these guys. We're not paying you anymore. Yeah, we're like, we're done dealing with you. Yep. Leave it to the Marines. Again, everything was fine for a bit, until 1812 when a new man came into power in Algiers. He wanted more tribute. He didn't think the amount negotiated all those years ago was sufficient any longer. So he declared war on the United States, and a few weeks later captured an American vessel. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is not going to end well for this guy, is it? As it turns out, Algiers and Britain were in cahoots, and Algiers' declaration of war coincided with the American-British War of 1812 over maritime rights. This war lasted until 1815 and had kept America from getting back the captives from Algiers. Unfortunately for Algiers, America had a pretty stacked navy at this point. They'd just won the war. Mm -hmm. We had just won the war. And so a squadron was sent under Commodore Stephen Decatur to Algiers. They're going to straighten everything out. A squadron. Several squadrons make up a fleet. Okay. So it's a, a shitload of ships. Warships. I mean, we're not talking transports. We're talking gunships and shit. Mm-hmm. Lots of cannons. Yes. Yeah. Okay. By the time America showed up, a new guy was in charge of Algiers, and he just kind of wanted to clean up the clusterfuck his country had become. It certainly helped that on the way there, the American Navy squad had clashed with and won against two Algerian warships and had taken hundreds of prisoners. Additionally, Algiers could no longer count on British support against America. Oh, dude. I mean, they just got... Fucked. <laughs> a treaty ending ransoms and tribute was quote unquote negotiated with Algiers and then with Tripoli and then Tunis. Once Algiers was beaten, the other two didn't put up a fight because Algiers was the biggest badass out of the three. In addition to getting back all held Americans in Tripoli, they also secured release of all European prisoners. <laughs> they basically floated up there and was like, you guys, stop it. And so they stopped. Right. Just came up and spanked him. Yes. The treaties were ratified by the American Senate on December 5th, 1815. Algiers, however, decided that they no longer would abide by the treaty. So another squadron was sent to Algiers and they had the terms again dictated to them. And this time they uh, 
it was a bit of what Anakin calls aggressive negotiations, <laughs> but uh, they stopped being bad. They 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 decided that they're they learned their lesson. Yeah, they, finally they'll go with the treaty, and uh, that actually wasn't ratified until February eleventh, eighteen twenty two. But that was just because Congress lost it or something. That's a shocker. Yeah, right. Something delayed because of uh, Congress. But regardless, the Barbary pirates didn't fuck with America ever again. I mean, they kept raiding their Mediterranean coast and even British people, uh, or they kept raiding the Mediterranean coasts, even with Britain trying to make them stop until 1830, when France just took over the country of Algiers. Hmm. And they, <laughs> that, that made them stop. I'm kind of marveling at uh, Britain's uh, attempt to uh, just... Right. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, they were they had been kind of in coots with kind Algiers for so sneak long. Sneak in there, and, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they were still pissed about the whole revolution thing. I mean, well, it, yeah, the American I mean, it wasn't, Revolution was just the. I mean, that was like that wasn't even the first of seventy six. So I mean, it. Yeah. It wasn't that much longer later afterwards, and also, first it was the American Revolution, and that. Well, that was the first big one. I mean, there is the English Civil War, and I guess that was sort of a revolution. But there is the American Revolution, and after that, the French Revolution. And after that, well, all of South America, and then, like, <laughs> fucking Haiti. Like, it was just the very first. Right. And it just toppled colonial powers everywhere. Right. And I'm, and I'm sure that was didn't— was a huge colonial power. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they didn't They're take all those pissed. losses. Fucking Well, pissed. yeah. <laughs> They're pissed, and so, but I just, like, how shady, just... Oh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And then they just totally, like, pulled out of it, and... Just got fucked. Mm-hmm, just got fucked anyway for their shadiness. Got put in their place. That's right. It's like, America is the fucking superpower, bitches. That was the very beginning of that whole deal. Well, that was our first episode on pirates. I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of pirates that are in history, so I'm sure we'll end up doing more episodes on pirates in the future. I was just finding like pirate after pirate, oh, like tons. just tons yeah. that I'd never even heard of, and then some some great battles, and then also some more uh, crazy pirate mysteries. Yeah, I I think we will definitely be doing more on pirates at a later date. So thank you very much for listening. Take a look at our Patreon. You know, if you're back to work, toss us a few bucks. You'll get for two dollars a month ad-free regular episodes, and for five dollars a month, an additional bonus episode. Check out our social medias. We're every place that we are, Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. Be sure to check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio. They are at ageofradio.org. Tons of podcasts you can listen to there. You know, if you're still in isolation, you you got to have something to do. <laughs> And I think with that, we will talk to you next time. And stay strange and get all the booty.